Well, happy Mother's Day to all the moms in the room. Wasn't that great? Sounds like, sounds like they eat a lot of mac and cheese. And chicken nuggets. Well done. Oh, my well goodness. Done. So good. Well, moms, I hope that you got to sleep in. It's the 11 o'clock, so you got some sleep, which is great. And I hope that you are already getting spoiled or have gotten spoiled as soon as you woke up. That would be great. Um, here at Alpine, we have a special treat for you, moms. So I'm going to invite our volunteers to come forward. Has anybody ever heard of Nothing Bunt Cakes? Anybody? Oh my goodness, it's so good. These are little mini buntinis that say nothing bunt love, which is so cheesy and so cute. I just absolutely love it. So any moms, whether you're a stand-in mom, you're a foster mom, adopted mom, mom, grandma, um, godmother, any of it, thank you so much. As you could tell, you guys, I have been sick. So um, excuse my voice, it doesn't normally sound like this. <laughs> so, so if... Moms, whatever that covers, if you're a mentor mom, however you would define mom, we don't want to miss anybody, so yes. raise your hand so they can and see moms, you. And moms, you could even share your little buntini with your neighbor. Or not, or, or not, if you don't have to, or they're like bite size. I mean, well, you while you're just, doing uh... that, we this has nothing to do with the message, we're just going to have a little Mother's Day fun together, so we are going to do a little, um, you know you're a mom when, you want to start us off? Sure. Are you ready for this? You know you're a mom when you do more in seven minutes than most people do all day. Yeah, mom. All the moms said. Yeah, yes. right? You know you're a mom when you've been washing the same load of laundry for three days because you forgot to dry it. Anybody been there? Hello? Yes. Oh, you know you're a mom when going to the grocery store by yourself is a vacation. Yes. And this one's for young moms. You know you're a mom when peeing with an audience is part of the daily routine. I can relate. My four-year-old chases me everywhere. I'm gone for a second. He's like, Mom, I'm like, just let me go to the bathroom for just a minute, please. So, so I'm not a mom. But I'm just reading these. Did you guys catch on to that? Okay, good. So you know your mom when by the end of the day, brushing your teeth feels like a huge accomplishment. True, true. You know you're a mom when you can experience heaven and hell at the same time. Don't we all know that, parents? You know you're a mom when a 15-minute shower with the door locked feels like a day at the spa. I love that one. <laughs> you know you're a mom when you think of pain on three levels. Ex uh, pain, excruciating pain, and stepping on a Lego. Ouch. You know you're a mom when you can cook dinner, feed a baby, talk on the phone, and yell at your kids without skipping a beat. Yes, moms, you rock. So good job. Go ahead. I'm going to go. <laughs> this is fun because we get to share um, the message together, which is awesome. And I'm, as you notice, we're on stools because I wasn't going to chase him across the stage. I'm like, we're going to... So this might not gonna... last very long. I'm just saying, like, my ADHD is kicking in, and I'm like, I got to stand, like, right now. Uh, we'll see how long this but lasts. But let me say something first. I'm going to actually, this is, this is the first time that Natalie and I have gotten to speak together since I've been pastoring here. So this is a lot of fun. Yeah, huge. Really big for us. And, and I, just, I just want her to know this, this girl is my hero and one of the greatest moms that I have ever met and an amazing wife. And so it is an honor to share the stage with her. I did, for those of you keeping track, I did call my mom, my mom today at 4.30 this morning. 
Um, for those of you that know that I have two sisters, and I always try to race them to be the first one to say Happy Mother's Day. She's super competitive. My mom has this phone that has, do you know the first Tuesday of every month, a tornado warning? That's like her phone ring. So I knew she was going to get it. And then I called her at 6.30, I believe, and just said, hey, have they called yet? And she's like, no, they haven't. Happy Mother's Day. You're making this all look bad. Um, so it was, it was, sorry, it was fun. <laughs> Um, and then my sisters will send me a picture later with mom. So then they, they ultimately win. But to, well, be with, to be with this mom is um, one of the greatest joys of my life. And well, she, thank you. She is, she's I want to add something. You can add so, something. I'll stop talking. <laughs> uh, before we jump in, I know that this day in particular is very, very difficult for some of us because of loss or maybe not being able to um, have children, whatever it is, we want you to know that we are praying for you, thinking of you, and I would encourage you, if you know someone who struggles with this day, because there are many, I've had several this week just saying that I don't look forward to Mother's Day, it's really difficult, I would encourage you, shoot them a text, send them some love, don't ignore it, just let them know that you love them and that you're thinking of them, I just think it would be a really, really nice thing to do. It would be. We're going to pray for you in just a little bit here. But let me also say that um, the message this morning isn't just for moms. Isn't that good? This is for followers of Jesus. Um, I would say it's for dads. I would say this is for uh, parents, uh, families. This is for those of you who may not have a relation with Jesus. This is some really good stuff that we need to just be challenged in and hear and be encouraged by. And so we want to encourage you this morning on this Mother's Day, uh, whether you're a mom or not, and one of the things that we're going to be kind of dialing in on here is what does it mean to be life-giving? What does it mean to bring life as followers of Jesus to the places that you find yourself, whether it's your family, whether it's your job, um, whether it's the place you work, the world in which you live, your neighborhood? What does it mean to be life-giving? Uh, we live in a world that offers a lot of death through discouragement, um, through pain, through relational um, brokenness, and we have the opportunity as followers of Jesus to bring life. And what does it look like to do that? And how do we do that? And so we're, we're going to open the Bible. I guess stand up. Whoo! Crazy. Stand with me, though. This is an important part of our morning. This is probably one of the most important things that we'll do is read God's word together. And we stand to just say this is, this is an honoring moment of God. This is his word. Uh, we believe it's the best thing, the best gift we've been given next to Jesus' death on the cross and resurrection from the grave. Um, if, you're, uh, if you have a greater relationship with religion, this will come across as a bunch of rules and regulations. If you have a relationship with Jesus, this will bring life. And it'll wake up your heart and it'll wake up your soul. And so we're going to dial in uh, on the parable of the sower this morning and maybe look at this in a different way. So Luke chapter 8, we're going to start in verse 11. Jesus has just shared the parable with the crowd, and this is what he says in verse 11. This is the meaning of the parable. The seed is God's word. Make sure you get that. Highlight that, underline it if you have your Bible. The seeds that fell on the footpath represent those who hear the message, the good news of Jesus, only to have the devil come and take it away from their hearts and prevent them from believing and being saved. The seeds on the rocky soil represent those who hear the message and receive it with joy. But since they don't have deep roots, they believe for a while, then they fall away when they face temptations or difficulties or trials. The seeds that fell among the thorns represent those who hear the message, but all too quickly the message is crowded out by the cares and riches and pleasures of this life. And so they never grow into maturity. And the seeds that fell on the good soil represent honest Good-hearted people who hear God's word, cling to it, and patiently produce a huge harvest. 
Let's pray. God, we thank you so much that we can come into this place on this wonderful Mother's Day. And we are so grateful for our moms today. And we can honor them and we can honor you most of all. That you have given us the blessing of moms. But we also know that today is difficult for many. And today conjures up um, loss. It conjures up uh, brokenness. It conjures up um, a lot of different things. And so we pray in that moment and in this moment you would bring peace and healing, and um, just a sense of your love into that situation. We invite you to do that, God, because we want everybody's heart to be open and ready to hear what it is that you would have to say. And so we hear them, and we pray for them, and we know today is hard, but we know that you have a word that will encourage our hearts, so we thank you for that. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You can be seated. So if if you don't mind, before we dive into this... um, I want us to look at the two verses that come right before this, just to kind of set the stage for what we're going to be talking about. And I want to encourage you. Um, This will feel at times like that's not true. You ever have those moments where it's like, ah, that's your tension to work out, and I want to help you. It's my tension to want to help you work that tension out. Sometimes I can, sometimes I can't. But two verses before what I just read, the disciples have just heard the parable of the sower. Jesus shares it with the crowd. And they're interested in what it means. They want to know what it means. And so in verses 9 and 10, here's what's said. I'll read it to you. His disciples asked him what this parable meant. Was it clear? And Jesus replied, you are permitted to understand the secrets of the kingdom of God. How many of you love to understand secrets? Like when somebody's telling a secret and you get to be part of it, that's awesome. When you're not part of it, that stinks. Like it's like, why are you telling secrets about me? And it might not even be about you, but it is about you, right? Because why wouldn't they tell you? Anyway, secrets. They get to know the secrets of the kingdom. But I use parables, Jesus said, to teach the others so that the scriptures might be fulfilled. And here's what the scripture says. When they look, they won't really see. And when they hear, they won't understand. And I want you to understand that when, when Jesus says that they won't really see and they won't understand, he's not trying to hide his message. That's not what's being said, and a lot of times we read that and we think, why would Jesus keep that? It's saying they won't, not that they can't, but they just won't because they've chose not to for whatever reason. Maybe it's a hard heart. Maybe they've allowed something else to distract their heart. Maybe their love and their passions and their desires are somewhere else. And so there's this sense of not being able to see. And so those who have rejected Jesus as the person that he claims to be, and this is what Jesus is saying, I want you to understand this because this is pretty powerful, namely that he's the son of God and the savior of the world, They cannot understand what he is saying about the kingdom of God because to understand what the kingdom of God is all about, you must understand the one who is the kingdom of God, and that's Jesus. So Jesus is saying, if you don't believe in me, then you're not going to understand this because when you believe in me, man, the doors are open to understanding this, and it comes alive. And so those who are seeking to understand who Jesus is will discover exactly what he's saying. That's what Jesus is saying. And we need to understand and discover this. That's why it's important that we believe this morning. And if you reject Jesus, and and we do, people do, if you reject Jesus, then his message will be of no value and make no sense to you. And it's as simple as that. So there are secrets of the kingdom. Like, I love this. And you get to understand them, not just the disciples, but we. Why? Because we want to. Because we believe in Jesus. And so if there's a desire to understand because we believe in Jesus, then these secrets can come alive. Isn't that awesome? Like, that's encouraging. And so that's what this parable is doing. It's unfolding a secret. So even if the disciples lack knowledge, which they did, and they asked Jesus what he said, they had a desire to obtain it. Do you have the desire this morning to obtain it? 
And that's, those, these are the questions that we begin to ask. And so if you believe Jesus is who he says he is, then this parable comes to life as an important message of the kingdom to those who want to live in the kingdom. And I just want to live in the kingdom. I don't want to live in my kingdom. I do a horrible job in my kingdom. I don't know if anybody else feels that way. My decisions are less attractive, less exciting, and less impactful, except when I follow Jesus and live in his kingdom and surrender my life to him. And so verse 11, and this is awesome coming out of that, then Jesus says, here's the seed. And he starts with this, which means the seed is the key. And that's our message to you this morning. The seed is the key. Yep, there's a sower, and yes, there's soil, and those are very important. But the sower is sowing a seed, and the soil is receiving a So the seed is the key, and Jesus says the seed is the word of God. This is awesome. It's, it's, it's the Bible. It's this love letter that we've been given. It's the book of Jesus. It's, it's the Old Testament's promises that Jesus is coming because God's not going to leave us forsaken. He's chose us. I mean, and then the New Testament is the story of the revelation of the Son of God coming to life. And that we can follow in his footsteps and he shows us how to live. And so this is the word of God. This is life. This is exciting. So why don't we read it? Because it's the pastor's job, right? I'm supposed to read it. Or the pastor's supposed to read it. And they let you know what it means if, I can, if, I, if, if that's possible. Because we're all looking through different. Give you that and then you walk away and you go apply everything that's said on a Sunday morning or whatever church you go to. No, this has been given to us. We live in America. In some countries you can't have this or you'll be killed. They treasure it. It's precious. In America, we could have it in every home and every individual own it. The life of Jesus, the life of God, the word of God is the key. This is great. I love this. I'm excited. Like Jedi mind trick. You're excited. (laughs) Feels exciting. We love learning the key to things. Like when I'm on Google, searching Google, and I'm like, you know, you see the top seven keys to the best life. You're like, I want to know those. And you look at them, you're like, boom, I got those. That's great. I'll apply those. And then you have the best life ever, <laughs> whatever, right? And you see that, man, you can, have, you can have the body you've always wanted in two key steps. And you're like, I'm in. And it says, eat right and work out. And you're like, what the heck? Like, I knew that, right? But we get, we get drawn to keys. And the key, the seed being the key, is the key to being a great mom. The word of God is the key to being a great mom. The key, the word of God is the key to being a great dad, the key to being a great parent, the key to being a great family, the key to being a great neighbor, the key to being a great employee. Are you tracking with me? It's the key. It's life. The word of God. And so the importance of the soil, the heart, has to do with the importance of the seed, the power of the word of God to change us. Hebrews 4.12 says this about the word of God. You ready? I love this. Like this just gets me excited about the word of God. For the word of God is alive and powerful. It is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. It sounds painful in a good way. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. To believe in Jesus is to believe in his word. And the Bible says in John that he is the word. Did you get that? That the word is life and the word is light. And the word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Psalms 119. I mean, this is pretty big. 
The condition of our heart is important because of the seed being planted, and the seed is the word. That's why it's important that the heart be right to receive the word. So the seed is the key, and we've come up with three responses. If, you, if, if, if that is true for you, that the seed is the key, and Jesus, that's what Jesus is saying, then here's, here's the three responses. I'll take the first one. She'll take the second one. We'll split the third one. Is that cool? Here's the first one. Believe it. Believe it. Easy, right? Here's what I believe about the Bible. I believe it's inspired word of God. I believe it holds the truth for our lives. I believe it's life. I believe every part of it. I don't get to edit it. I just get to echo it. You've heard us say that a lot. I don't get to take what I want and leave what I don't like. It's all there for a reason. It's God's word. It's proven. It's truth. It's to set us free. It's to bring life. And when you're a follower of Jesus who loves Jesus, you read it differently than if you're religious and read it and see what you have to do versus what you get to do because you love Jesus. And so I believe that. But here's the difficulty. You ready for this? And, and, and I, this is the tension I want to help you manage, but I can't. If action doesn't follow belief, then it's not belief. So if you say or we say that we believe that this is the word of God, and yet we never open it, that we believe this brings life, that we believe this is the key to everything, and we don't open it, then we don't believe that truth. And so I pray, God, I believe, but help my unbelief. Because I have unbelief, because there's times I don't, and I'm going, man, I want to. Do you want to? And so, we, and so we, we, we battle that. And so belief and action are linked, and this is the piece that I want us to wrestle with. We believe things in order to do things, and doing things reinforces our beliefs. And you can't really separate the two. And so actions speak louder than yeah, you know that's true, because if you say to your spouse, I love you, they go, actions speak louder than words. <laughs> Have you heard that before? That words are cheap, right? Here's the truth. Your works, what we do, are our words. Your works are words. And so what are they saying? See, I can say that I believe that the word, that, that the seed, the key to the the key is the seed, and the seed is the word of God, and that's where life exists and comes from, and it's for me, not against me. And that it's, it, it, it bring, but if my actions don't show that, do I really believe that? And that's the tension that we're unpacking. So when it comes to our faith or belief, and, and I have to say, we live in a world that has cheapened belief. When, when you read of belief in the scripture, it's belief backed up by action. That's what Hebrews 11 is all about. That's what they call great faith. You say you believe something and so you do it. And yet we live in a culture that has cheapened belief. And I'm not saying this is you. I'm just saying it could be me. I'm just saying, man, I hate that. That if I say I believe something but I don't live it, I don't actually believe it. And so it's practical atheism to say I believe in God and I believe he's the way and yet I don't live as if he's the way. Then I don't believe that he is. And that's this tension that I manage. So I if I believe this is the key and that this brings life and I don't open it and try to absorb it no matter what the excuses might be, then I might not believe it. And so God help my unbelief. I'm saying it's a better place to be to recognize that than to ignore it. Are you with me? So when it, when it comes to our faith, our words and actions are saying different things and we have to look at our actions for the truth. So if you want to know what you believe, look at what you do. Not what you say, what you do. If you want to know what you believe, look at what you do, how you spend your time, what actions come from your life, what behaviors are manifesting. 
Faith, by its very nature, produces action. It's automatic, and each of us is wired to feel and act in accordance to what we believe to be true. We can't help it. And none of us can help working out our faith, what we believe. We can't help doing what we believe. That's why Jesus said, if, I'm getting up, look out. If you, you can stay seated. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. Here's what he's not saying. If you love me, goofball, you'll keep my commandments. You'll just do that because you love me. That's not what he's saying. First of all, he never says goofball in the Bible. That's why I love it. Here's what he's saying. If you love me, then you will. You just will. Because that love will communicate itself through action. So Jesus isn't, isn't demanding something from us or condemning us. He's saying, if you love me, you will. That, that, you're, that the belief will show itself in our actions. And the way in which you act is really the sign of what you really believe. I'm sitting down. So if we want to know what we really believe, we have to look at our actions because the seed is the key. And the words of our works speak with powerful and sometimes painful eloquence about what we believe. What are your actions saying? Our works reveal where our faith is. Jesus told us that a tree is known by its fruit. Matthew 12, 33, the wise seek to make the tree good. So if you believe it, here it is, you ready? If you believe it, that this is the key and this brings life and changes everything, you will want to know it. It's my turn. <laughs> Bear Sorry. with my voice. So we're talking about the seed, God's word. And I started thinking about this time of year, gardening. That's what gardeners do this time of year, start planting. Any gardeners in the room? Anybody really good at gardening? I love you. I so want to be a good gardener, but I'm like not a good gardener at all, okay? I just have accidental things happen where I had an uh, accidental um, garden. It was a pumpkin patch. Has anybody ever left a pumpkin um, on the ground for a long period of time? Probably not. I'm probably the only one. Um, <laughs> I left a pumpkin, and would you know it, the next year... Um, we had pumpkins. And literally pumpkins, like a pumpkin patch, takes over like an entire space, literally. At our old house, the entire front of the house turned into a pumpkin patch. Accidentally happened because I left the pumpkin. But this is like what happened. At least we don't live there. They have a pumpkin patch, I'm sure. Do, probably. probably like, who does this? Me. So I started thinking about this of just gardening. And why, why am I not a good gardener? Like, why I really want to be. And I went to the store. I thought, you know what? This is the year. I'm going to start planting. So I went down the seed aisle, and I found my, like, little seed packets. And I turned it over, and would you know it has instructions on it. So I read it for the first time. It's like, you know, dig down, like, fourth from the top, plant the seed, it needs to be like this much sunlight, and then before you plant it, uh, plant it in, in the house in a pot, and then transplant it outside, and all this, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is why I'm not a gardener. But I got to thinking that the reason why I'm not a good gardener is I've never taken the time to actually read anything. I don't know anything about gardening. So I'm still not a good gardener. I would say their seeds are still right here. I went through Home Depot like just a week ago with my grocery cart. I'm like, yes, I've got this. I'm going to get some plants and seeds. And I walked out with nothing. 
at all, you guys. So my dear friends that I have, um, Kim, she's planted some seeds in my front yard, so I have tulips that come up only because of my friends. So I'm a bad gardener because I've not taken the time to read. So I got to thinking. I got to thinking about God's word. This, this roadmap that we have been given with all different kinds of amazing things in it. And I got to thinking, do we actually read it? And I looked in Christianity Today, it actually says that 19% of professing Christians read their Bible every day, all right? And the remaining amount, which blew me away, is 81% rarely, if ever, open their Bibles. Crazy, right? And then I started thinking, okay, why? I want to know why. And I love Google, so I'm like, top three reasons why we don't read the Bible. And we could probably guess them. Number one was time. We just don't have the time or make the time or whatever. Um, The second is we're embarrassed to say that we don't understand it. And the third thing is, is that we don't know how to study it or where to start. And I don't know about you, I could relate to that at times, you know, you might open the Bible and not have any experience and you have this whole list of names that you don't even know how to say and you're like, whoa, you've lost me there, I'm done, let me close it up, you know? I mean, we've been there um, before, I'm sure, time after time, Um, unless you're an amazing theologian and super smart, I love you too. Um, But as a culture, I started thinking, we actually, we know a lot. We know a whole lot, and we have everything right because of the internet, everything at our fingertips. We could Google anything. Dave, that's his favorite thing to do. When he's sick, you know, like you look up when you're sick, it tells you you're dying all the time. Dave often thinks he's dying. I'm like, Dave, seriously, stop reading Google. It's not good. Uh, I've gotten it's not help. good. I've gotten help for that. I'm better. He has. Uh... He's gotten a lot of help. <laughs> He has, but it's true, don't we? We could know anything, like, let me look it up, and we can know it. But I started thinking about parenting, being a parent. We could seriously read all these books before becoming a parent and have all the knowledge of being a parent, but, and I'm sure parents, you'll agree with me, um, when you become a mom, it is crazy. The knowledge that you knew is like, they didn't tell me that in the book. Are you serious? And living it out is seriously so much different than actually having just the the head knowledge of it. I mean, it's just so different. And you know, I was raised um, by parents who were amazing. I love my parents, love my mom. She's not here with us today. But I was raised in a home where we went to church often. I'm super thankful for my upbringing and that, I mean, we went to church a lot. And I sat through a lot of messages, a lot of sermons and and all that. And for me, during that time, it was nothing more than head knowledge at that time. Um, For whatever reason, um, and I'm thankful that for the church and um, my parents who sowed God's word into my life, but it wasn't until I got to college where God transformed my life. And I think of our parable when Jesus is talking about um, the soil of the heart of just the, the distractions and the sin of the world and the thorns and the weeds, the things that get away, until I personally started removing those things out of my life, that was when And when I surrendered my heart and everything to God, 
when I picked up the Bible, that word, God's word came to life in my life. It transformed my life. I was blown away that I had sat through yeah. hundreds, hours, I mean, church like crazy, and I never, I never picked up the Bible to like actually read it for myself. People were reading it to me and sewing it, and that is amazing, but because my heart had all these things and it wasn't right, it never, it was only just head knowledge. And maybe you could relate. Maybe you have personally sat through a lot of services and you have a lot of knowledge of it. You have a lot of knowledge of it. And maybe there are things just like this parable says, there's distractions, there's things that have gotten in the way where God can't transform your life because there's things in the way. But he's ready. The cool thing is about God is that whenever we ask God to remove those things, those things in our life that are keeping us from him, he comes in and he does that immediately. And it's just amazing and powerful when we ask him to do that. And our lives will be changed because of it. I want to take a second, because I don't think we always realize the benefits of God's word. And actually in Psalms 119, it's the longest chapter of the Bible, so I'm not going to sit here and read it to you. I will definitely not have a voice after that. But there's 171 verses that actually talk about God's word and the benefits and the blessings of it. Here are just some that it says. God's word gives us peace, power to resist sin, joy, understanding, strength, freedom, hope, comfort in suffering, no shame, reverence for God, a thankful heart, a worshipful heart, a clean life, and personal revival. Wow. I mean, I hear this. There is nothing in this world that compares or does what God can do through his word, through all that it offers us. Nothing. And yet we hear this, but it's so easy to neglect God's word. I've, we've been there before where the busyness takes over, the distractions, things get in the way, and the enemy wants to keep us busy, wants to keep us with doubt and all these things and keep us in the weeds and the thorns so that we are not in God's word and we're not being transformed from the inside out. And you know, when we know God's word, and it transforms, it's more than just the head, it goes to the heart and transforms us, it will change everything. It will change the way you parent. It will change the way you love your spouse. It will change the way you see everything. It is so powerful and so worth getting into his word. We have personally seen in ministry some amazing mountaintop moments, some amazing things, but also being in ministry, we have seen some dark, hard things that we often have to walk alongside people with, and it's just devastating. And I would say, we would both say that from time and time again, it's not by what we say or we could do or give them a, a book to read of how to get through, whatever. It is God's word every time that gives them strength, provides hope and comfort. When everything else doesn't make sense, it brings light to your path. Sorry. It's so powerful, yet we try to fill it with temporary things. And I love that God's word says in Matthew 24, 35, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never, 
my words will never pass away. Isaiah 40 verse 8 says, the grass withers and the flowers fall, but the word of our God endures forever. What lasts forever? God's word. It's what we need in our lives. We need it. And again, Psalms 119, 104, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light. When we are in the dark, God's word is a light to lead us, to guide us. It is. So that's know it. What does it, what does it mean to know it and, and to take it in? Here, here's what I'd say to you. The more I surrender my heart to Jesus, the more in love with his word I get, I become. And, and here's, here's, what that, here's what we're trying to say. If the seed is the key and the seed is the word of God, then we, we need to believe that. And if we believe it, we'll see it in our actions. And if we don't, can I just say to you, when it's a highlight of going, how many of you sitting there going, man, it's not in my actions at all, and you're just kind of feeling really guilty about that, right? You can raise your hand. This is participatory. <laughs> Let me just say there is no condemnation. That's not for guilt's sake. When I am in that place and I have a revelation like that, I go, God, I believe, but help my unbelief. Yeah. Man, I want your word in my life. I want you in my life. And so I pray you give me a hunger for your word. And I pray that, and I pray those things. That's what it's about. So when we believe it, we'll have a desire to know it. And when we have a desire to know it, we'll sow it. That's the last one we're going to leave you with this morning. And, and I want to encourage us. Hang on. Let me, let me say this part you right here. You finished your I, I Kind of. You know what I did, but I said it too quick. And so that... Yeah, that was bad. I said, the, I said the key word. You're right. Let me say this, though, before we do this. I love you. Well done. I'm in trouble. So um, <laughs> knowing it has a lot to do with receiving it. Okay? So we've had it. To, to know it means it's been sowed in, into our lives by God through his word, through Jesus. And when you receive something good, you want to give it away. I just, want, I just think that we need to highlight that. When you receive something good, you want to give it away. You want to give back. You want other people to have it. And so if it's the key for you and your life to be life-giving in everything you do, then it's also the key for everybody else. It's the key for your kids. It's the key for your spouse. It's the key to your neighbors. It's the key to your community. It's the key for everybody else if you believe it's the key for you. And so if you believe it, you want to know it. If you want to know it, then you'll show it. So I want to encourage us because um, it's never too late to sow into our neighbors, into our families, into our grandkids. And I know that oftentimes as mom or people, it's so easy to feel guilt. Like, oh, I've just missed it. I don't do it. And, mm -hmm. and, and it's not about that. I would say grace because you can start today. And that's the cool thing about God. You could start today and start being life-giving and sowing into people's lives, your families, grandkids, or whatever. But it's not about guilt. It's about the heart. And it's not about um, a check off the list. It's, it's not just another thing to check off. We can start today. We could start with a verse, a week, a day, whatever. And we're not going to tell you how to do it because it looks different for everyone else. But I would tell you that the Bible, you can listen to it. They have an audio. You can, you can read it. You could watch a video. I mean, endless ways, Bible plans on your phone. I would just encourage you that this isn't something that, oh, I have to do. No, this is celebrating that we get to do this. We have the freedom, we have access to God's word that provides so many different things. So it is that we get to do this. 
we get to do this. I don't want anybody walking out here, out of here feeling like they failed. Maybe you have your kids and you're, they're all grown and maybe they're not serving Jesus. Don't give up. Start sowing today, praying and believing because God is bigger than all of that. I wanna leave us with this verse in 1 Corinthians 3, 7. It is not important who does the planting or who does the watering. What's important is that God makes the seed grow. And, ready for this? Obedience is our job. Outcome is God's job. That's where it just lifts off the burden of this, is that God is in control. God is in control of outcome. And no matter how much we've screwed up as parents, we have done a lot, no matter how, God's grace is so huge. Start today. Start letting God's word transform you from the inside out. Jesus said right away, the seed is the word of God. And the seed is the key. And so if you believe it, you'll want to know it. And when you know it, you'll want to sow it. Yeah. And I got to tell you as parents, we're not giving up. We have tried. We have failed more than we've succeeded in sowing into our kids. Man, we've had some great ideas that lasted a week. True. We've had some great ideas that lasted a couple months. I'm not sure that a lot of them have lasted further than that, but we keep trying. Because it's important for that moment when Jesus shows up in their life and they surrender, that that what we, which we've planted because the word of God doesn't come back void, will drop from their head that 12 inches to their heart. And so the seed is the word of God, and the word of God in its purest form is Jesus. And it will always be Jesus. And when Jesus is at the center of our lives, it changes everything. It's up to us to believe. It's up to us to know as God reveals, and it's up to us to sow as it's been sown into us. And when that happens, believe it, know it, sow it, God will grow it. And we celebrate that. And that's his word. And that's its importance in our life. Here's what we would love to do. If you're a mom this morning, under any definition we've given throughout the time, would you stand? We'd love to honor you. Yeah. Stay standing. Yeah. Moms, you're amazing. We love you. Stay, stay standing. Stay standing. I saw you sit down. We don't have another bunt cake. I wish True. we did. But what we do have is a blessing and a prayer we want to pray over you. Uh, because we all watch the video. And we know that all you do is sit at home. Sleep on the couch. Do some dishes and shop. Deep down, we know mothering is, is the work of heroes. And that's what you are. And it's not always a thankful job. And as husbands, we aren't always aware and probably not as encouraging. But it is one of the most important jobs that will ever exist in our world. And here's proof. Here's proof. Whenever somebody asks if anybody's praying for you, we always say, my mom or my grandma. Rarely do we hear my grandpa. And when you become successful and you're in front of a TV camera, you don't say hi to dad. 
you say hi to mom. Because moms have a special voice. And the greatest thing that we can offer to this world, whether it's your kid or somebody else's along the way, is the word of God. It's the key. It's the key to life. And so we're going to pray for you. That God will give you strength, will encourage your heart, will give you opportunity to continue to sow his word. I know in our lives, whether it's through counseling or friends, when people have sown the word, it's made the biggest difference, not their opinion. So God, in this moment, I pray for every mom that is on their feet. And I pray that, Holy Spirit, you would fill them with love and strength and peace. I pray you would fill them with a, a sense of encouragement to know that Whether it's failed or succeeded, you have so much that you want to do in and through them. And I pray you would open doors, that you would give them a love and a passion for your word, that in the busyness you would give them space, you would help them find the space to connect with you and your word and receive life so they can give it to those around them. I am who I am today because of Jesus and my mom. And so I pray for these moms, that they will sense your presence like they never have and that they will know that the God of the universe loves them and what they do each and every day, no matter how insignificant it may seem. They are moms. They're champions and heroes. May they live by the light of your word and may they bring life to their families and to their communities and to this world. In Jesus' name, amen. If everybody would stand... Moms, as you leave, we have a little gift for you. We have a packet of seeds. We're not sure what kind they are. Somebody can somebody come over and plant them for me, please. What we'd like you to do is go home and plant them and find out what they are. And when you see them grow, be reminded of this moment, that the seed is the key that brings life. That would be our heart. You're the greatest blessing. And there's a song that Growing up, we used to sing. It's called the doxology. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. And this blessing of mom has flown from, what is it? Flown. Flowed. (laughs) I'm not even sure it flies, but it flows. I turned off my microphone because I'm not singing in front of you guys. (laughs) From God. And so we thank you and we thank God. Sing this with us. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him, all creatures here below. Praise Him above, ye heavenly hosts. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Amen. Happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day. Enjoy the rest of your day. We love you.